Top Shelf Fantasy, brought to you by Corey Dows, Tom Craig Penny, and Scotty Milne. Let's get into it, baby. All right, Shelfies, Podcast 57. You know the deal. You can find us on TopShelfFantasy.com. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Top Shelf FNTSY on all the major podcast sites. Previously, we just went over some of the quarterbacks and wide receiver transactions of this historic free agency, I feel like. I mean, this has fantasy implications written all over it, so we're going to jump right into running backs and tight ends. Scotty, probably the biggest signing, staying in the same place, Derek Henry. Yeah, and it's uh, great for Tennessee. Um, I know he wanted a lot more more than the franchise tag. He's going to get paid $10.2 million. Still pretty good for a guy that was not fantasy re- relevant two years ago. Um, I mean, he led the league in rushing, so he did deserve more. But I think every NFL team sees now, you don't pay the running backs. It's going to come and bite you in the butt. Sorry, ass. Um, <laughs> we saw, you know, David Johnson, Todd Gurley, Devontae Freeman. Those three right there got paid big and and now they're not even on their own teams um so tennessee did the right thing in franchising him because they had to sign ryan Tannehill. maybe they work out something in the offseason but overall great for derrick henry the best fit for him best fit for tennessee to bring him back they got rid of Dion lewis so it's full boat derrick henry next season um i just love him <laughs> i love i just love the fits staying with the same team Craig, you got any take on uh, Derrick Henry here? Um, not much. I think the offense stays the same. Um, they did lose Jack Conklin um, on the line. Um, but outside of that, I, I knew the rest of their line was was pretty solid throughout the entire season. You had mentioned Deion Lewis isn't there anymore. Um, I, I Maybe. I don't know exactly how involved Lewis was last year, but maybe Henry gets a few more balls out of the backfield. Uh, thrown to him because he he did show for whatever reason he he could catch caught about one or two in the early part of the year took it to the house and then they're like okay we can just keep doing this so it, it's definitely he's part of their offense um you know as, as the number one uh then passing game obviously will go second right and Corey, like i know that you you follow a lot of the defensive transactions the offensive line transactions that we don't mention all that much but with ryan Tannehill staying there aj brown still there we kind of touched on that a bit i mean it's more of the same for derrick henry yeah it's it's consistency and that's what matters um in an offense you keep most of your key pieces together there's no reason they can't build they're not they're not rebuilding this year they're reloading and i i would expect them to make a a very deep push again into the playoffs um They've lost a few players on the defense, like you mentioned. Logan Ryan is still out in the uh, in the wind, kind of. He hasn't decided what he's doing, if he's coming back or if he's going somewhere else. But they're solid. Their defense still is largely intact. They lost Jarrell Casey, but that really just frees up space uh, financially for other players to come in. And I think they're going to still make a few more moves. Yeah, they got Vic Beasley um, and yeah, right before they great. traded away Casey. Exactly. And Vic Beasley, I mean, he was kind of on the way out in Atlanta for a while. Um, didn't really perform all that well, but he's probably looking for his revenge tour. So I'd expect big things out of him, too. Um, I mean, tw- 12 million big things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's uh, Malcolm Butler's thing? That's he's question. still there. He's still there as far as I, I don't know what his contract looks like. But... And he was hurt all playoffs, too. He didn't play. So if he comes back healthy, then that's 
yeah, better for him. And the reason it's important to understand is because a lot of teams, especially a team like Tennessee, when you're up, the way that they win their football games is to beat you on defense and to grind the ball. And if Derrick Henry's the ball carrier, there's only going to be success. So mm-hmm. um, it's important from a fantasy perspective to understand what the entire team's doing because it gives you a little idea of what their strategy is going to be. Um, now, Todd Gurley going to Atlanta, this contract is just wild. So he goes right from $4 million or four years to 60, he goes from four years, $60 million, 45 guaranteed to one year, 6 million. But there's, and, and I was trying to follow the the tweet, but like the Rams had to pay like 6 million. Yeah. So he's going to make about $13 million this year, all said and done. It was right. like 7.1, right? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And six of it's coming from Atlanta. Um so Corey, I mean, what do you what do you think about Todd Gurley in Atlanta? And and we'll just <laughs> jump real quick. Devontae Freeman uh, was cut, so yeah, Todd he, Gurley he is I would presume the number one running back in Atlanta. You would presume, and the thing is, he's still young, but he has those knees. Who knows how long he's going to be effective, and when or if he gets hurt, who's behind? Is it Edo Smith? Is it Brian Hill? Who knows? It, not me, but. Todd Gurley is looking right now like a younger version of the Steven Jackson Rams to Atlanta fiasco. And we all saw how that turned out. I mean, he had a couple good years there. He kind of grinded it out, but he didn't really put up any huge numbers. He was a franchise running back in uh, St. Louis at the time and came over. And, you know, you never really heard of anything big from the guy again. And I don't know if that's going to be this. I mean, Gurley goes and takes a one-year deal. Maybe it's a one-year prove-it deal to say, hey, I can still play football come watch me and if he goes and he shows that he can still play at a high level you might see him sign another big deal next year or uh there are a lot of sources coming from inside the rams locker room that said they wouldn't be surprised if Gurley was out of the league this year instead of even signing somewhere else so <laughs> he could go he, he's he's the the highest ceiling and the lowest floor in the league right now right and i think that's how a lot of people approached todd Gurley last year i mean my input real quick is just that i did not see anything from Todd Gurley last year that would suggest that he cannot continue to do this, have the success that he did. I think that um, Sean McVay was scared to use Todd Gurley. And we talked about this multiple times. That offense looked like garbage. And yes, Jared Goff didn't play well. Yes, Todd Gurley didn't play well. But McVay had a very bad year from offensive play calling. Now, Craig, you're an owner of Quandre Allison, who is the rookie that Atlanta drafted last year. And I know that you want big things out of Quandre. So what does the Todd Gurley signing mean to the Atlanta backfield? Because now Quandre, Todd Gurley, Brian Hill, Ito Smith. I mean, it's just it's just a myriad of mediocrity. Yeah, so they it was easy for them to to get Gurley. As soon as he was on the free agent market, it was not even 12 hours and he was signed. Um, I can't remember exactly what Freeman's contract was, but you know, it's, it's really realistically cheap for uh, the caliber caliber player that Gurley is. Um, yeah, I mean, Cadre Allison is just someone that I, I, I was hoping that would be able to get, uh, some playing time because I have him in my dynasty team. He's really cheap. So it's just that little bit of fantasy hope, you know, a little, um, you know, my guy kind of thing, but it's, he's not, he's not much. He's, he's, he's a goal line back. Uh, Gurley's going to get all the work. Ito Smith, I don't know why he's still relevant. Brian Hill showed that he was decent at times, um, but it is, it, it's going to be girly. Um, you know, what was it in L.A.? They had 70% of the time it was still girly. So it, I would expect the same thing in Atlanta. 
Well, and they never gave Gurley the opportunity, I think, to succeed uh, in uh, St. Louis because they're not in L.A. That is just stupid. Um, Scotty, if you were if you were Atlanta, because at some point, a team needs to run Todd Gurley into the ground and just give him the ball 100% of the time. Would you do that if you're Atlanta? One yes, year, $6 million. Yep, and that's why they did that. Um, they get him for cheap, and at, there's it's low-risk, high-reward. Um, if he falls off, then they're saying, you know, the Rams were right. Uh, his knees were shot, but at this point, run the guy into the ground, and then they'll probably draft a rookie r- running back as well to be a backup, so... I don't know. Um, yeah, it's definitely a short-term thing. <laughs> I hope they don't. Yeah. That would be their fifth running back on the roster. That would be bad. Oh, they'll cut Hill yeah. <laughs> uh, and Smith, probably. It's almost as much of a disaster as uh, David Johnson in Houston. So I don't <laughs> know what to think about this. Like, I, I don't know if David Johnson's washed up. I don't know if he's still got it. Uh, but what we do know is that Carlos Hyde said no. He does not want to be there. We know that they did not sign Lamar Miller back. And they have Duke Johnson. They have less passing weapons, which means it is going to be very easy to focus on David Johnson the same way it was easy to focus on David Johnson in Atlanta. I don't see any success for David Johnson in Houston. Sky don't no. either. None at all. Um, this past season in Arizona, when he was even on the field, he looked old and slow and ineffective. Who knows if he was banged up, if he was hurt. Maybe that, that did play a, a role, a significant role even. But at his age, at the running back position, for the deal that they did, this doesn't make any sense. So I'm very confused by the entire transaction. Um, I just don't think David Johnson has much gas left in the tank at this point. Yeah, I don't quite understand why they even thought it was okay to get a running back that you could visibly tell on tape was out of shape during a time when you can't do physicals. So what what the heck, you know, it, it, if he, if he has something left, it's going to have to be a whole mindset change on his part. It's really, you know, as, as far as seeing the guy from the outside, um, it, it, it's, it's really mind boggling. Yeah. I believe I agree. Um, all right. Jordan Howard to Miami. Now this makes sense to me. You know, this one is the polar opposite of the David Johnson trade. Jordan Howard, young, powerful running back, got hurt last year, really limited his effectiveness when he couldn't put his head down and run through tackles. But if he's back to 100%, this is a good fit. <clears throat> he's He can help establish that run game on a team that really, really needs to establish it after a year where they <clears throat> didn't have a running back to speak of. I mean, they traded Drake, who went to Arizona and killed it. Balazs is probably the worst running back since Trent Richardson. And I don't even know who else is there. Mark Walden was a joke. Who's the other guy they had? The white guy. Laird. He sucks. Laird, yeah. <clears throat> like, this is a perfect. Jordan Howard slots in and is immediately the starter, at least for right now. Uh, I know Miami still has a lot of cap space left and probably makes another move or two. But I think Jordan Howard's a good fit for that offense. And if you haven't seen it, Scotty, you sent out a not-so-cryptic message about why they made this transaction, so you can talk about that if you'd like. Yeah, so, I mean, at first, I'm kind of a big Jordan Howard guy. I traded for him in a dynasty league before this because I knew he was going to go somewhere, and it's probably the best fit. But we tweeted out a thing today. Um, It's the reason why Miami signed him. 
Um, it could have been a reason why Miami signed anyone with with legs and hands. But um, <laughs> go to our Twitter and we retweeted a video montage of Kalen Balage of last year, and Yildiz Wadden said, "Okay, now I know why they signed him." And what, I mean, and what does this mean for Miles Sanders, right? So. I mean, we, we can talk sure. about, yes, how good is this for Jordan Howard going to Miami? What does this mean for the Miami backfield? But this almost means more for Miles Sanders than it does anything else. Yeah. yeah. For for the first time, I think they have a running back and one running back that they can do all three downs and that they're going to use for all three downs. Most of the time, the last four or five seasons, it's always been, you know, multiple backs um, and not really, like, you know, Ajay even thrown in there, you know, Darren Sproles one game a year. Like they, they just for whatever reason never stuck with one guy and now they finally have one so that is a great thing for fantasy uh, <laughs> all right so just real quick right around the horn scotty what round would you draft miles sanders in i would think he'd be a i mean it's pretty early um yeah it's third. way too early uh projection on miles sanders what round i, I mean i'm thinking late third. second early third yes yeah that's exactly yeah. where he's gonna go 100 right on the turn from second to third Okay. And, would, and he's going to come in lower. Like there's going to be a lot of teams that um, will, will, or a lot of uh, mocks that'll have him in the third round. You know, uh, that's the type of running back that he's going to be. But towards the end of it, people are going to start reaching on him and it'll be, and I don't want to say reach is a bad thing, but uh, it will be second round. He will I, be yeah, a second I round. Say, I would happily reach on him in the second round. I mean, there are very few like bell cow backs in the league if you want to put it that way the guys are going to be out there for three downs those are the guys that you want on your team and he looks like he can take the nfl workload and stay healthy through it so uh, he's gonna be he's gonna be every um uh experts uh breakout running back this year Mm -hmm. that's that's what everyone is going to write down when they write down their breakout article yeah you'll you'll see people call him a sleeper I'll be like, I'll lose oh, my I, I would hope not. Yeah. I mean, we talked we talk about Miles Sanders being a, a sleeper breakout kind of guy uh, in 2019. It's just interesting because I think his ADP was about the fifth, sixth round when he was a rookie and didn't have any NFL tape. So, I mean, this is a guy who has top 10 potential. Um, all right. Our next two guys, I think, have huge fantasy impact. So, Austin Eckler stays with the Chargers. Eckler was the number one wide receiver, uh, <laughs> the number one running well, back. Through, <laughs> I mean, he might as wrong. well have been. Um, for what was it the first four or five weeks or something like that I mean Eckler killed it and he signs a four-year very very team-friendly deal four-year 24 and a half million dollar deal with the Chargers so he stays Melvin Gordon goes to Denver so what does the Eckler signing mean for Eckler with the departure of Melvin Gordon Scotty I mean it's great for him um we saw him catch what 98 balls last year um he's going to continue that role it's going to be a bigger role for justin jackson if they don't sign or draft anyone eckler is not an every down back but he doesn't need to be he can carry the ball he can catch the ball but he needs to be limited so justin jackson has to step up for eckler to, to be the same he was last year um i'll just jump on gordon real quick i think denver's a Weird, but good place to go for him. Um, I mean, this diminishes Philip Lindsay and even more Royce Freeman. Lindsay will still have a role. Freeman will just be a clear bench guy. Um, Denver's a running, a run first team, and they haven't had a running back like Melvin Gordon who can do it all in a very long time. So, um, great fit for Gordon. 
great fit for Eckler. Um, that's about it. Yeah, Craig, to go back Corey. here, having uh, to the Broncos not having had a running back like that in a long time, I think he really is similar to like a Clinton Portis when he was in Denver. Like that style and that caliber of running back, just on the fringe. We talked about this the other day. He's he's not necessarily elite, but he's fantasy elite because he catches the ball and he runs the ball. And he's right on that fringe of maybe he's ready to make that jump to that elite category, which I think Portis slots in pretty well as a comp for him. Um, but as far as Austin Eckler goes, team-friendly deal, 100%, $6 million a year for a running back that finished running back six on the year, which is phenomenal considering he's splitting time and he really ceded a lot of the touches to Melvin Gordon for the last, you know, three quarters of the season or, you know, two thirds of the season. So very, very interested to see what he's going to do this year. I think he is effective. He He's a like surprisingly powerful runner, but also super elusive um, and just good. I don't know. Good for him. Also drink you guys because you lost that bet on uh annual value. Wait a shot. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> yeah, who is going to make more money? Um, yeah, what oh, Melvin got about eight a year. I mean, yeah. was it that it was like two million dollars off? No, it, it was less bad. than that. Yeah, I mean, it it was close. Um, yeah. Craig, do you do you want to jump in on this real quick? Oh yeah, I do. Okay, um, <laughs> I want uh, Eckler's fine. I'm not have to. I don't have to talk about him. Everyone has the same points. Melvin Gordon is actually the one. Uh, here where I think this is huge implications. Um, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman were both drafted by an organization that is no longer there. Uh, they got a new head coach the year after, and they still rode with Lindsay just because, you know, he showed that he was able to do some things. They, they mix in Royce a little bit as well. Well, now the new offensive coordinator is, you know, there's, there's another one, uh, a new offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer from the giants where, Saquon Barkley was went and sought out Melvin Gordon. And this is why that I think this is very important is that Melvin Gordon, there was rumblings out there that he had a better offer out there. He wanted to one, stay in the division to prove to LA wrong. And two, he wants to be a bell cow. And I think that Pat Shermer, who is someone who has bell cow running backs, went to Gordon and said, that's what you can do here, and that's why he took less to go to Denver. I think Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, one of them's not going to be on the team at the start of the year, uh, whether it be cut or whether it be a trade. They were both not uh, – I think Royce Freeman was drafted higher. Philip Lindsay was a walk-on, so it's not like they owe any money to him whatsoever. But I think that Melvin Gordon is going to be getting the opportunity that he had requested you know, all along. So I, I think this is a, a huge, huge bump for Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I think I think it's very positive for Melvin Gordon. I will say I think it's very negative for Austin Eckler, and and here's why. And I don't know this to be true, but I do know that Tyrod Taylor is not Philip Rivers, and I know nope. that that <laughs> Tyrod Taylor is not going to present the same dynamic type of arm that Philip Rivers presented for the defenses that are going to have to go and defend uh, the the Chargers. So I think Keenan Allen's going to get doubled, and I think it's I think it's going to actually take a little bit away from Austin Eckler. I, I mean, and I have I have no I have nothing to base this on because we've never seen Austin Eckler without Philip Rivers. But if you just kind of go on the thought process that there's not that threat of a Philip Rivers to Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler could potentially lose value. And considering that Austin Eckler scored about seventy five percent of his fantasy points through the air, that is a pretty big deal. Um, 
But one thing on Denver is there's no way that Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman stay there. One of one of them's no, leaving. They either get cut or through a trade. So Royce Freeman to Houston sounds pretty good on paper. Um, yeah. Although I Houston gave up everything to. <laughs> I mean Houston Houston got absolutely nothing uh, getting rid of uh, uh, Hopkins. Um, both those guys are making nothing though. I looked up their contracts. They both make under a mil a year. So that Freeman and, that's, and Lindsay, yeah, right. That's that's easy, easy to cut. I mean, they can move. they can cut them, but I think that you would get more value in trading them. There's going to be teams oh, that yeah. are going to want to run. I mean, back. you tra- you trade one of them for you know third fourth rounder. Cool. I'll go draft another guy. Um. All right. So Bree, uh, Kareem Hunt stays in Cleveland. Um, I'm not. We're not going to go around the horn on this, but I I do think that it's worth monitoring. Chubb, um, oh, yeah. does anybody have? Do, does anybody want to say anything about Chubb in this signing? I'd no. see no okay. no difference. It's just they just didn't want to get rid of Kareem Hunt. That's all. Right. Um, Matt Breida stays in San Francisco. I think that's big. Uh, in the sense so does that Jeff Wilson. Yeah. In in I think that's big in the sense that San Francisco knows that they they need to keep that depth. Um, I think that Kevin Coleman is going to be cut. In, in camp, if, if we're talking about San Fran backfield, I agree with you. I think that I think that Coleman is likely to be a cut candidate or to not be on that team anymore. Raheem Mostert looked good. Yeah, um, I don't think there was any. If they were planning on keeping Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert, I don't think they signed Brita, especially to the Agreed. the the uh, tendered second round uh, pick there. Kenyon Drake, and this is this is the big one, right? So Kenyon Drake stays in Arizona. He gets the transition tag at eight and a half million. Um, Craig, why don't you go ahead and, t- and talk about Kenyon Drake for for a minute? Well, the, I just think that you know it revitalized his career to going to Arizona, um, and it was just easy for Arizona to obviously get DeAndre Hopkins in the David Johnson deal, but it was they were just trying to get rid of David Johnson, and it is one year, so it's not like they're married to the guy um you know chase edmonds is still there you know he could still be a future running back kenny drake doesn't have to take on the whole role um but he is a viable fantasy option he's a great running back that now has a a way out of miami and 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 into arizona as a a team that will be able to use him pretty well. I, I don't see much more difference than what he did at the end of the year last year to what he's going to do next year. I think you're going to see more of the same. Scotty. Uh, not too much to say. I, I think we talk about Drake a lot. Uh, Craig kind of hit it up on the head. They're not married to the guy. It's pretty much a one-year deal. Um, it's great for the team. Griffith Drake kind of a prove it thing, and then he can get a big deal next year. But, with that offense there, I think Drake's a great fit. He'll never get more annual value than this. <laughs> Eight and a half. Yeah, I don't know. You never know. I mean, <clears throat> if he does, it's a mistake. But right. Um. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna we'll we'll talk about Defonte Freeman last. Um. Jeff Wilson signs with San Francisco. We kind of already talked about that. Damian Will. Um. All right. So let's go to Gus Edwards real quick. So Gus Edwards stays in Baltimore on a tendered original pick. So Craig, I need you to go over that note real quick. Uh, it just means that when um, some players are uh, restricted free agents, they can put a round tender on them, basically saying like, you know, we think he's worth a second round pick. So if you want to sign him, you have to give us a second round pick along with signing the guy. And if nobody in Gus Edwards's case, it's his original round, which I'm not sure if he was third, fourth, fifth round, whatever, whatever it was. round he was drafted. Um, yeah. Basically what it says is we're signing him. 
regardless. And if you want to, you know, beat us on the contract, you're also going to have to give us a, a, a draft pick. So um, they, they like them enough to do that. Each team has a certain amount of them. Um, in this case, you know, Gus Edwards is just going to stay, which is totally fine. He's definitely the Ingram backup. Um, for fantasy, I'm not sure if it matters. but Well, they also have um, – I'm blank. Justice Hill. Yes, Justice Hill. They also have yeah. Justice Hill, um, who would I, I, I would have thought. I, Gus Edwards would have been a, a legit running back on any team. Uh, Chiefs pick up Damian Williams option, which I think is a mistake. But <laughs> I think that it's means cheap, Sh- Shady, cheap. Shady's out the door. Uh, they they have nothing else really. I mean, and, that, and that's a thing for Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City is likely going to draft a running back, but if you don't get a running back, you have nothing. So I mean, we I know that all of us love Darwin, but Darwin's not a three down back. I mean, I think we all know that Darwin's never ever going to be fantasy relevant to the point where he's like a, a top five running back. Um, so Kansas City needs something, so they picked up Damian Williams' option at two two. Two point three million dollars. Um, Dallas easy pickup. Yeah, yeah, easy. Yeah, nobody wants to talk about that. No, 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 no. no, no. Hey, you hey, want to hey, talk hey, about hey. it? Anyways, um, so I thought that they could have signed one, and this kind of goes back to what I said before: how they wanted to restructure Sammy Watkins' outrageous, expensive contract, and it just shows now that they couldn't do it, and you still couldn't get paid that. Um, was it eighteen million bucks a year? Um, yeah. the, the they wanted to restructure that down, um, and if they did that, they could have easily signed Todd Gurley for six million bucks. Or I don't know why they won't try Devonta Freeman, but um, right, I think that they can still get someone. And if they do, they can start their dynasty. Like he was great in the playoffs. I mean, it's because I think you put anyone on that offense and they're good. But if you get like a cut, like they should have tried Melvin Gordon for eight a year, but. If they want to be a dynasty, they need to get that guy, and Damian Williams is not that guy. And and we don't know who they went after, right? So Devontae Freeman, this is a good time to start talking about him, right? So he's he's cut by Atlanta after Atlanta goes out and gets gets Todd Gurley. But Devontae Freeman, somebody's going to want him on the team, and there's a very good chance that Kansas City is sitting there saying, listen, I'm not going to go and pay Jordan Howard $5 million a year. I'm not going to pay these guys this kind of money because we've been we've been shown that the running back position in the NFL – is is almost I don't want to say non-essential, but it's it's very replaceable, right? Unless you're Kenny Drake, you nobody can replace that level of awfulness. Um, but if you but if you're a team like Kansas City and you sit there and look at Gus Edwards, who was drafted in let's say the fourth round, you'd give up a fourth round pick for a Gus Edwards. So I I would expect that Kansas City there's more movement to be had there. But from their perspective, let me sure up Damien Williams at two point three million dollars because I know it works. I mean, Craig, I mean, what what do you what do you think about the Kansas City backfield? What do you think about Devontae Freeman? I mean, is Devontae Freeman even a good fit for Kansas City? Is is the other thing? I, I think that he would actually be a good fit. Um, but the problem is with the Chiefs is they haven't done much this offseason and they won't for the foreseeable future because they have literally no cap space they yeah, have well, 1.4 million dollars sammy. left their their hands so, by sammy's achilles thanks thanks sammy <laughs> yeah so they they can't do anything um, they can to demarcus robinson back so so there's there's unfortunately he's he wouldn't uh go there i think that would be a great fit i think it'd be a perfect fit for my <laughs> dynasty team because then i think he could take damian williams's job 
Um, yeah, at least you but, won this year. At least you won the dynasty this year because I, yeah, your team's going to be crap this year, for the yeah, next I, couple. I had lost right. a lot <laughs> in the podcast. Come on, um, Dows, do you have any position on Devontae Freeman where he may end up? No, I do not. Um, he, I mean, obviously, I think he still has some left in the tank, and he'll be able to help a team wherever he goes. But I, I'm still kind of shocked to see him having left Atlanta. But um, no, hey. I don't. I don't have much of a take. I don't know. I don't know what's a good fit for him Devante- out there. And the, the the fact that teams have signed running backs and he hasn't been one of them has me a little bit concerned about maybe there's some sort of underlying issue that we don't know about. But um, I'm still expecting him to latch on somewhere and be a, a solid contributor. It, it's interesting that Atlanta goes with the uh, 40-year-old. Oh, excuse me, he's 25 <laughs> with the bad knees uh, instead of Devontae Freeman. I will say a team that could use a running back is Chicago. So... I mean, they got Monty and Tariq. Yeah, but Devontae Freeman can do both things. He can catch the ball and run the ball, where neither of them can. Tariq can't run the ball, and and Monty can't catch it. So L.A. He's going to go to L.A. Yeah. Let's They just do a swap. Um, All right. Sneaky pick going into 2020. J.D. McKissick. As he takes over Chris Thompson's spot, so Dows, you can go ahead and talk about J.D. and Chris Thompson. Yeah, that's uh my, I don't know. JD's my my sleeper pick every year. I think he's good. Um, I think he's got you a lot mean of Chris talent. Chris Thompson's he, he your showed, sleeper pick. <laughs> Chris Thompson is too. But uh, so JD showed a lot of a lot of flashes of you know real big play potential in Detroit, and he just I don't know they would not feed him the ball nearly enough. So I'm happy to see him latch on in Washington, in that sort of offensive system that does heavily rely on pass catching running backs like Chris Thompson for. You know, for years now when he's been able to stay on the field and stay healthy and JD's essentially a bigger version of Chris Thompson who's probably a little sturdier can take a little bit more punishment and is comparably fast comparably shifty um, catches the ball at a very very high rate he has a career catch percentage uh, on targets over 75 percent so I think it's like 76.9 so um, he's certainly talented he's probably heading into a great situation in Washington with a rookie or not a rookie. He'll be a second year quarterback with Dwayne Haskins. Who's going to be checking the ball down to his running back and his safety valve quite a bit. Uh, I love this signing for Washington. I love the signing for JD McKissick. I'm sad to see Chris Thompson go. Uh, not sure if he's going to catch on anywhere. He's had so many injuries um, over the past several seasons that he might be closer to done than anything else, but um, it's a great fit for McKissick. Yeah, and when Cam eventually signs with Washington Redskins, I mean, it might be legit. So one thing that, like, and we talk about, okay, J.D. McKissick going to Washington, that's great. Theo Riddick is still in Denver. I mean, and somebody has to catch that ball out in Detroit. Yeah. It, J, uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Wow, I'm okay. blanking. Yeah, Riddick is still in Detroit, and he has to catch the ball. Anyway, I, I, I like it. Um, All right, so tight ends. Uh, there was actually a lot of tight end movement, um, and none of this is ordered in the priority in which I would want to talk about it, but Hunter Henry gets tagged by the Chargers. I mean, yep. more of the same there, just not a Phillip Rivers. So, I mean, that's that's hurtful, but at the same time, young, unexperienced quarterback like Tyrod. Justin and, Herbert. I mean, it, 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 okay, all right. Uh, Blake, Blake Jarwin... 
signs a three-year, twenty-four million dollar contract to Dallas, it, dude. Very you argue and try and lowball Zeke. You don't want to go. You you tag a Dak and you sign Amari Cooper to a twenty a five-year, hundred million dollar contract, but yet you give this schmuck. Three years, twenty-four million dollars. I don't know. I, I mean, but you guys say like, you say he's sneaky, but give give me something. I think he's sneaky. Doesn't it just feel like some teams have like more money than others? Like I know we're all playing with the same cap dollars, but you've got twenty million a year tied up in Amari. You got thirty something million to Dak. You're giving this guy eight million a year. They, I don't they got get offensive it. line guys getting paid. Why? <laughs> Where's this money going on other teams? <laughs> I don't. I I personally don't understand that. That was my point. Like I don't know where this money came from, and I don't know how you struggle paying some of your best offensive weapons money when you're giving Blake Jarwin about six seven million dollars a year. Wild. But Scotty yeah, says I mean, it's it, sneaky. So Scotty, it's expensive. No, I mean like I I've always liked the guy, but he was always behind Witten, and then even the year before that, he was behind Jeff Swain. Um, I think he's a more he's a better. <clears throat> blocker than anything so i think they really did want to keep him i think he is good but with this signing he's going to be hyped up so much he's going to be one of those like vance mcdonald's like you get this guy like top 10 and he's much be like i mean like yeah. what has a dallas titan done with dak right nothing absolutely in, nothing. In, in nothing and it's a good point that you bring up vance mcdonald because eric ebron goes to pittsburgh so scotty what does it do to, to vance uh, it Nobody's hurts his dancing. value completely. <laughs> he's done. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's on the team, but I mean, Ebron is a better player, uh, way better red zone target. So Vance becomes more of the blocking tight end that he should be. Um, fantasy value, he's not a draftable guy. And the problem with that is the Steelers don't run a ton of two tight end sets like other teams do. You take the cold situation with Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron, and they were both somewhat viable startable tight ends most weeks that situation is not going to uh carry over to to pittsburgh they play one tight end multiple you know usually three wide receivers and a tight end that's their that's their structure um ebron and vance mcdonald might sub in and out here and there but i think ebron at six million a year is going to get the lion's share of those those catching opportunities in vance like you said is going to be in there to block so <laughs> adios vance mcdonald yeah, and I'm I'm honestly in the full mindset right now. Like, if 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 you want to run that two tight end set, you you have one tight end and you draft another one until you find that replacement. I, I think it's yeah. very clear that Pittsburgh did not believe that Vance McDonald was their tight end one. I think that Ebron's going to be on the field far more than Vance is, and if they ever run a two tight end set, then you know Ebron's or uh, Vance is is second in line. Uh, Dallas goes to Oakland. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say the, the the thing to watch too is what happens with Ben Roethlisberger over in Pittsburgh because that's going to directly impact Eric Ebron's value. If you have Big Ben under center, fantastic pick. If you have Mason Rudolph, that drops Eric Ebron's stock as well as everybody else in the passing attack significantly. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, if, onto, if if Mason's under center, I mean, that's we should. Yeah, avoid that offense. Um, all right, Jason Witten goes to Oakland. They're still making bad decisions. They put absolutely nothing <laughs> there on the field. I mean, Oakland's a disaster, to be completely honest. I'd touch nobody on that team. Well, and they pick up Jason Witten when they just paid uh, Darren Waller right. huge money to stick around. And they have that backup there. Uh, yeah. Um, Faro? Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, no. Foster Moreau, yeah. Wait. 
Buster. Oh, Murrow. I said Furrow. I, it's a nickname. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what we call him. <laughs> yeah, but like that guy showed flashes last year. How do you not keep the guy? Like yeah. or, he's there, but like he's on a rookie deal. He's making no money. Keep him. Yeah, you know, play him. I I don't understand it. But Austin, why Uber are you paying Jason paid. the corpse of Jason Witten almost five million dollars a year? Guy can't even move. He's he's gonna have to get a special. Uh, you know, handicap placard for his walker on the field. But okay, so let's let's get over Jason Winton. How? Okay. So we talk about like who else is on your team? Austin Hooper goes to the Cleveland Browns for a little bit over ten million, a little bit under ten million dollars a year. When you have Njoku, you almost had it. Huh? A little bit over. You almost had it. Math is tough. Whatever. Um, ten. You got Njoku. You got Njoku, is it whatever? You got Njoku, you got Beckham, you got uh, the other schmuck there, Landry. Baker can't throw the ball. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been proven that Baker cannot throw the ball. Why are you pay, why are you paying another guy ten and a half million dollars a year? Oh yeah, we missed the case Keenan thing. Yeah, this is another team that somehow has more money than others. Yeah, don't know where it's coming did I, from. Did I miss something here? I, I think this is a terrible signing by for, for Cleveland. Oh, I, I think it's, it's, I think not it's a, a fantastic thing. Njoku's done. Njoku's not going to be on the team, so they need a tight end uh, who can actually go in, stay healthy, compete. Um, Great for Austin Hooper. See, I'm, I, I'm see, I don't. I, I think this. Hooper. I think this is terrible. I think this is a terrible signing for Hooper. I don't think it makes Baker any better. I, I think. I think Cleveland's a disaster. They always well, will be. I, I think it's a great signing like, I think for I Cleveland, paid. but I think it's awful for Hooper. I don't think he's going to see nearly the production he had in, in Atlanta. Um, I, I think it's a terrible choice for him to go to this offense, this disjointed Baker Mayfield led offense. The only flip side to that and the converse point is that we talked about it all last year. Baker Mayfield has to get rid of the ball in under three seconds or he can't make a completion. Great. Who's he going to look at in under three seconds? Awesome. <laughs> yep. So if, if you look at that and you can extrapolate that logic, it makes sense, but he's not going to be getting the down the field work that he was so, so effective with, uh, with Matt Ryan at quarterback. So, uh, I don't know. He, I mean, he's going from one high powered offense to another, but the high powered offense in Atlanta was on the field and very, very visible. The high powered offense in Cleveland is still theoretical at this point. You would find another, Wait, a better tight yeah. end. It, 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 Wait, I guess it's my approach. point. I mean, and Hayden Hurst go gets traded from Baltimore to Atlanta. I'd rather have Hayden Hurst almost than Austin Cooper. Uh, Austin Hooper, you, you you could draft Austin uh, Her, uh, blah, blah, blah. Hayden Hurst in the last round. In Austin, uh, Jesus yeah, Christ! Somebody right. else, please talk for me. Yeah, so um, Hayden Hurst. <laughs> we had um, you know, trade rumors to the Patriots, which we all loved, but um, he ended up in Atlanta. I mean, who? Hooper leaves Atlanta. Um, a cheap replacement's Hayden Hurst, who's a great tight end, but he's behind Mark Andrews. He goes to Atlanta, and he might just be as good as Hooper was last season. Yeah, yeah. I love this one. I love the signing by Atlanta. Perfect, perfect move. Yeah, who, um, Hooper and Hurst are very similar tight ends in the fact that they're both move tight ends. Uh, Hurst was, let's not forget, was a first-round draft pick. So he was you know, very athletic. Um, and I think that that's exactly what Atlanta needs. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Graham to Chicago. Stupid. Yeah, so dumb. Yeah. Okay. Why? For that much, eight, eight million a year, right? Eight million a year. That's, and the, yeah. They've two, been, two, two Burton years is getting now. six million a year. I, 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 I don't understand why they did that. 
Well, no, uh, yeah, they still don't even know who's, yeah, who's getting a lot of money. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, ton of money tied up in that position that they don't use. <laughs> uh, Darren Fells stays in Houston. That's fine. Nah, Great yeah, contract. It's just yeah. cheap. For whatever uh, reason, they want no good pass catching weapons. So Greg Olson <laughs> goes to Seattle. Now, the For only thing seven million. The only thing I want to bring up here is Ian Thomas in Carolina. <laughs> yeah. That that yep. is going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But we saw that t- two years ago. Greg Olson didn't play the entire season, and Ian Thomas was not a relevant guy. So m- maybe I in mean, his fourth year is better, but I don't know. Well, with Teddy Bridgewater, that should help instead of Cam. I, I mean, I was going to say, I mean, we're, oh, talking, no we're talking about no hurt Cam Newton. Okay. Way worse. Right. Way worse. You uh, it should be interesting. It, Greg Olson's not going to do better in Absolutely, Seattle. Yeah. Bridgewater loves throwing to tight ends. Remember Kyle Rudolph and uh, who was the other guy that used to be back there in, in Minnesota when he was there? Vasanti Shanko, is that him? That's a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're digging there. There's, there's another guy, though. Greg Olson's best years were with Cam Newton. So uh, without him there, I mean, it, it might be fine, but um, I don't know. I don't think Greg, I, I don't think Greg Olson's doing well in Seattle, but I think that Ian Thomas no. is going to thrive in Carolina. I'm very interested by the Seattle um, tight end situation as well, whether it's going to be – I think they H- still have Luke Wilson. They still yes. have Hollister tendered. Disley. Disley's the guy. Disley's the, I, back. I mean, yeah. I think Disley's yeah, Luke, the guy, but at the Luke end of the day. Wilson's been gone for a while. Is he? Yeah. No, he's back. Okay. No, he's he, not. Yeah, he is. They, um, they re-signed him when Disley got hurt last year because uh, he got cut from the Raiders camp. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, and then yeah. uh, they actually they did just re-sign him this offseason as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought I read that. But, yeah, no, it's stupid. They have four tight ends and they all – Oh, and Hollister. They tendered Hollister. Yeah. I mean – let, let's be real. I mean, the tight end position might not go this deep, but no, still stuff to, no. to keep an eye on. All right, we're going to wrap it up. So that's running backs and tight ends. We went over quarterbacks and wide receivers the previous podcast. Uh, Craig, why don't you give us an update on some of the rookie stuff that you're doing? Yeah, hopefully we can get a uh, good full podcast in before the draft, um, which is coming up at the end of April, um, about a month from now. So we have out there on the website right now is all the statistics for all the quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends that are entering into the draft. So you can see literally anything that you want. We have their measurement measurements, their, their arms, um, you know, the arm size, their hand size, their, uh, their wingspan, you know, their wingspan. Like those are things that you definitely want to look at for wide receivers, tight ends kind of thing. Um, we have production scores, which, uh, took a long time to figure out what the best way to score them was, but I did get a pretty good formula down, uh, looking at what the average top 20 players are per year versus what the top tier, uh, players are coming into that specific draft. So out there you'll find, um, as far as what they've done statistically in college, it's all mathematically put down into a number. So you can see where they rank on a top tier or elite type of prospect. Um, and, if, you know, obviously the higher the score, the better. Uh, there's actually a few hundreds that actually got out there. Uh, Joe Burrow being one of them, obviously he had a terrific year. So his production score was very high. And then another one that I like that I've put out there is an athletic score. Um, and that is all their combine numbers uh, boiled down into a letter grade um that i have listed and if they ran pretty well at the combine they got uh you know a high score you know pretty pretty easy to figure out but 
this past year, the best one that I've seen, um, there was an A plus score for Henry Ruggs. Um, the last year when I was doing the metrics for DK Metcalf, uh, he was off the charts. Uh, and he, you know, he scored the A plus as well. When I boil down the actual number before I get to the letter grade, uh, Henry Ruggs actually just barely beat out DK Metcalf. Uh, so he, as far as athleticism go, is, is well above the average wide receiver uh, for uh, athleticism. Now, so, Craig, 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 real quick, let me interrupt you. How'd my boy T Higgins do? T Higgins didn't run. Uh, yeah, T Higgins son didn't... of a bitch. Not available. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have that. Unfortunately, exactly. I, I don't have but, the athletic numbers. And what, for and what, what's 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 good to know here is that we're athletically taking scores and how combines have been done across comparable wide receivers and comparing them and coming up with some sort of grade so that you can make a comparison of the DK Metcalf or Henry Ruggs or that you know son of a bitch T, TJ Higgins who didn't even run the goddamn thing. So um, it, it is, anyway. I, I definitely want to say, um, you, you see him a lot in, in different places of, uh, you know, other scores or, or, or prospect ratings and things like that. And this is definitely 100% a, a accurate number. Um, I, for a long time, was trying to figure this stuff out. Uh, at certain points, it was it was like that same meme with um, uh, Zach Galifianakis with the numbers coming around his head. It was, <laughs> it was, I was that deep into it. So... It is legitimate. I have a whole page right now with just so many stupid numbers on it, uh, but they're absolutely accurate. Uh, as far as production score, T. Higgins did pretty good. He got a 95. Wow. So. I love T. Higgins. But anyway, all right, we are Top Shell Fantasy. Thank you for listening. This is Top Shell Fantasy. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Top Shelf FNTSY. Head over to our website at topshelffantasy.com. Stay fluid, stay loose.